by opening just in a very intuitive way right now to whatever is vivid, whatever is alive in the immediacy of your sense experience. Relaxing and receiving. Opening. Sounds may be vivid. Silence. Space. Qualities of body, mind, of heart. So beginning not by trying, but by just loosening and relaxing into what's already here. Awareness and experience together. And then from this place, inclining our awareness to Relax inward, softening into the body in relation to the forehead, the eyes, jaw, mouth, and tongue. (coughs) Softening through the shoulders, down the arms and hands. Relaxing through the upper chest, back, opening through the heart center, just giving space to, allowing. Softening through the rib cage, down through the abdomen. Low back from the waist down through our pelvic area, <coughs> the legs and feet, just this body alive. The field of sounds and silence space, outside and in. And in this morning's meditation, we'll be opening the instructions a bit and exploring thought (coughs) from the place of awareness But before we even move to this realm, it's very important that we are clearly established in the present and with the support now of our anchor, 
or our anchors. So spending some time now working to ground and steady your attention, whether it be in a more exclusive way with the breath in one area, perhaps a more open sense in the body, whether it be working with touch points hands, sits bones, or feet, legs, or moving between them in a way that is restful, skillful. Perhaps for some of us, we also include sound if the mind is a bit tighter. So spending the next minutes just a very clear, very important that we know how we intend to settle our minds and hearts when we sit, just in a very clear and simple way. Wake up when you're lost and return to your anchor.
even as we continue to the work, just by relaxing our attention back to what we set for ourselves, we can begin to work directly with the mind. Simply by noticing the quality of the energy that we bring our mind back with. So just noticing if you come back with an energy that is tight, that is really trying to get, say, the breath, or an energy that's just kind of lazy, half-indulgent in something else, Notice the energies are pushing or pulling, cloudiness, but in a very natural way. We've given you instructions on working with effort, but just noticing the quality of our effort in the simple act of returning and sustaining our attention on our object. This itself is a very powerful and simple way to begin working with the energies of the mind and the heart directly. So just now, in a very light and open way, just see the quality of how we're returning, how we're landing and staying. Don't try to change them, but just take interest in the qualities that are present. pushing, pulling, or in moments, the sweet spot, doing nothing with experience, the balance. Of letting things that arise be and returning to that which grounds and steadies our attention in a simple way.
as we continue our investigation, what's very essential when we begin to open to actually looking at thought is that we do so from the place of established awareness. So even as we as I move through and open into thought, work with your anchor as much as you need to. Working with thought is not thinking about thought. In the foundations of mindfulness, the utter simplicity and beauty of them is that we start with what's simple and grounded. And then we open to every field of our experience so that it can be met with awareness and freshness. So important to be able to do this with thought. Why? Well, open your field now, open for a moment to sound. So there's just the sound of the air conditioning unit. But does the mind leave it alone? Is it just sound? Or do we add something to it? our add-ons, different flavors we put on top of the actual experience. So there's just sound and knowing, but then the mind comes in and creates image, creates thought, and often a train of thought, judgments. Oh, I like that. It's nice and cool, breeze. Oh, but I wish it was totally silent. And where are the sound of the birds? So something happens in life, some very simple experience. There's awareness and then the mind jumps in, thought jumps in. And something called papancha happens. It's a wonderful word because it's kind of confusing don't understand it. Well, that's what happens with thought. Papancha is the proliferation of thought, the spinning out. When we think of thought or we work with thought, it's thought, it's image. It's all mental productions. So we get all tangled up thinking and believing in thought tangles us up, takes us away from the immediacy, the clarity of the moment. In this case, just the sound. So if we're sitting, open to sound now, the thought arises, can we just see the thought? It's 
just a thought, isn't it? In our traditional practice, we've been giving you instructions and working with thought. It's been, well, when we thought takes us off on its own little ride, whenever we catch it, we can, it's helpful we can label it, thinking, thinking, and then return to our object, place of grounding. We can also work with thought just by opening to it in a way that's wordless. We just see the thought. And then sometimes the thought will just fade. Or the belief behind the thought, the energy, we taken out of it. This can happen with or without labeling. And what happens then? Well, then it's an object of mindfulness. Then seeing the arising of thought becomes a place where we actually see clearly. So right now, just open. And I gave you an example in relation to sound, but it can be anything. It can be a thought that arises seemingly from nowhere. It can be associated with a body sensation, a memory, a plan. And just open. See what you notice in relation to thought. Come back if the train gets going, papancha gets cycling. And see if you can, when a thought arises, just be open to it. See what happens. What do you notice? Sometimes it's simple and not. At other times, it's like a knot actually. A thought and an image, a memory, a feeling. They all get bound up. And the thought is often the energy that holds the knot together. Thought is never the thing. Thought is just thought.
So we work with our anchor. When the mind gets caught up, sometimes we just do what we've always done. We're getting spun out, we just come back. But sometimes we can actually stay with a thought if we're in the place of awareness. Sometimes our anchor supports us in this, because there's more momentum, some grounding there. And then we can see how the thought binds us and all the associated energies. You just be with the immediacy, the thought, the reaction of it. And if it fades, we see deeper into the nature of the experience. We've got a little insight, a little freedom, a little letting go. If we get bound up, thinking about thought again and again, then we spend much more time just coming back to our anchor in the same way we've been working. Another powerful way to work with thoughts is when a thought arises, often there's a very clear energy in the body with it that's accessible to some people at some times. Others it's not. So if a thought arises and you feel it in the body, you can relax back into this part of the experience. So you're not denying it, pushing it away, suppressing it. You're open to the energy of it. Sometimes this gives some space, and sometimes it's just an easier way back into our anchor. And finally, when we work with thought, We're also working with the absence of thought. We're also working with silence. So as we sit with our anchor, we work with thoughts when they arise, just as they are with the support of labeling taking interest, perhaps naturally seeing how they create knotted energy, how they relate in the body. We work skillfully back and forth, our anchor, with an open attitude, just being with things as they are. And sometimes The mind is quiet, restful. There's a lack of thought. And we very naturally learn to appreciate this as well. Learn to get to know it and let it work on us.
sitting with our anchor, with thought, with silence, and knowing the quality relaxing into the quality that returns, that's open to, looks into in a simple way. Things just as they are is where we find freedom.
the last 10 minutes or so, please remember not to make a project out of this. It's often just more thinking. So stay very simple. Stay very simple in terms of working with your anchors. But be open to the possibility when conditions change. The thoughts themselves can be gateways to greater understanding. just by the quality of our seeing. Thoughts, too, can be welcome.
before we have time for Q&A, there are just a couple of announcements. Um, and the first is um, to please remember um, not to wear scented products into the hall, since some people have chemical sensitivity. So even things that are, you know, that have a little bit of extra scent. We've just gotten uh, some notes about, or note about that, so please respect that. And then the other one is that often, in, sometimes in practice, there can be joy, and it wants to be expressed a little bit. So, um, so if you have any sort of demonstrative energy singing or anything like that you want to do, please, uh, please, you can do that, but please go to the woods, okay? So we, <laughs> we respect the container of silence, the form here at the center. So great. It's all about skillful means. <laughs> okay, so are there any uh, questions in terms of working with thought or anything related? Please. Um, I was interested in there's like different types of kind of uh, uh, Theravadan methods, like Chita Nupasana, Sampa, I forget how they say it. <laughs> Sati Sampajana or something like that. Like, have you heard about those? Um, or just uh, the different suttas and stuff like that? Um, so that's more of a study question. How about, like, when, on terms of the retreat, um, the instructions I just gave, he was asking about it, how the working with the mind works with classical teachings. Um, so uh, very simply, the, the mindfulness, the sutta on mindfulness, Satipatthana, when you work with thought, so just to keep it really simple, we, there's, there's different foundations. We've mentioned it. Um, one is body, which includes breath. Right? And it's a wonderful anchor to come back to so we really know we're in the present and we develop it. Um, and then we can work with the, the quality of an inner kind of responsiveness that's energetic and basic, pleasure, discomfort, neutrality. And the third of the foundations is working directly with the mind. And that includes the mind, includes image, <laughs> includes the sort of mental part of emotions that aren't bodily based. Okay? And so when you look at that, and that's, I, I just gave some very basic ways of viewing that. I actually gave instructions from the sutta, which is you see what's arising. And often in the sutta, you see more clearly different qualities of mind states. Right? So you might see if there's wanting or not wanting. You see this more specifics. But what's interesting is you also see when they're not there. So that's why I included both thought and the absence of thought. And that's a very important part of it. And especially if our momentum is building on the retreat, if we're settled in. And there can be thought, but if we don't have such a you know, push-pull relationship with it and it's not grabbing us so much, then, and we're settling, the appreciation of the absence of a lot of disturbance through thoughts is actually what we can learn to attend to as well. So that's just also for people that are settling. Get to know. <clears throat> you don't have to, if you try to hold on to it, then that's more pushing and pull, right? That's more pulling and wanting. And, but if we start to get to know both thought and the absence of thought, and when the absence of thought is there, let it work on us. It's a very powerful teaching. Okay? And we can, you know, we could talk theoretically quite a bit. But <clears throat> in terms of on the retreat, Pretty simple. And are you working that way? Do you see thoughts and do you? Yeah, I work a lot that way. Yeah, I guess I was talking about um, 
Yeah, like different kind of, uh, just yeah, like the really basic, just like tools you kind of use to, um, yeah, like the thought and the absence of thought, but also kind of uh, looking at like the hindrances within their, the thoughts and whatnot. And so we're just keeping it, so he's asking about working with the hindrances, etc. Those are, if they're thoughts associated with the hindrances, then that's where you're with. So we just keep it, in terms of practice, we keep it really, really simple, okay? So you have hindrances arising, right, sometimes? Do you deal with them as, <laughs> do you just deal with them as a phenomena that's arising in the moment? That if you can know it clearly, right? If you can know it clearly, it's not a problem. If there's enough awareness. When, if it becomes a problem and the mind spins around it, then you spend more energy just to clearly come back and build the strength of your anchor. So it's really kind of simple that way. When they're not so, when, when a hindrance is there and it, it grabs you, if you can stay with the actual energy of it because you have enough interest and awareness, then that can be a gateway into freedom right there. But it's not thinking about it. It's the quality of the awareness that meets it. And we have little, and then there's a little letting go. Right? There's a little something, little space in relation to the moment, ourselves, that just naturally comes. So that's the dynamic we're working with. Anybody else? Please. So the question is about the difference between gentleness and laziness in our practice. So let me ask you first, do you feel like, do you know when you're feeling like you're being lazy and when you're being gentle? Like, what's your experience of that? I don't know. That's probably why you're asking the question. But (laughs) so when the mind is gentle, it still has a quality of being present. So we're not beating ourselves up, right? Like if we're coming back to our anchor, then when we're off, then the moment we notice we're off, we just, that's a little wake up moment right there, right? But then we, then we gently come back. We don't for, we don't say like, get back, right? Because then we're imposing this wanting mind on it. We gently, it's like there's love in it, there's care, there's tenderness. It's like you watch, if you like watch it, if you're training a puppy and you watch it run off in the yard, you got to call it back, don't you? At, but your energy is with love. And sometimes you have to be gentle. You're just gentle, come back, and it works because there's enough love. Sometimes you have to be a little more stronger than that. But the energy comes from love and care and connection with yourself in the form of this thing that's drawing you off. Okay? What's laziness? Well, let's say you get off on a thought, or let's say the puppy runs away, you just you're thinking about something else and you don't really care, <laughs> right? So you're just like, oh, it's, it's nicer to be off in fantasy. And yeah, I know I'm supposed to be with my breath. I'll put a little energy there, but this is better. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, we can find ourselves in our posture just getting relaxed, but relaxed in a way that's, you know, like that. You know, just kind of, it's a little lazy, like a lazy hot summer day, you know, sitting back with your iced tea, Right? It might feel nice, but there's not a lot of clarity there. 
and you're not building you're not building that that inner that inner refuge of awareness so you see the difference and and then when you see that if you see the laziness then it, it just takes some more effort you can do gentle but it takes effort then it takes a little more effort okay and so do you feel yourself falling into that sometimes So that's, yeah, that's being overwhelmed. So when your thoughts are really, yeah, that's very different than laziness and gentleness, overwhelm. <laughs> so what do you do when you're overwhelmed with your thoughts? Like, how do you, what do you do then? Because there's a number of things, and we've, I can reinforce some of the things that have already been said. So do you, you just keep trying to come back? Are you working with the breath or touch points or? Okay. So part of it is that effort. It's like part, the attitude is the effort to keep trying. But then you want to be skillful too. So some really concrete things. If we're overwhelmed, I used to do a practice sometimes when I get emotionally overwhelmed, just like too many thoughts and emotions and just spinning. I do what's called caveman. For me, it's like caveman meditation. I open my eyes and I just sit there. And I'm like, I'm not moving. Mm. <laughs> And so it's just, it just takes my effort just to be there. But I'm not trying to get sophisticated with the technique. I'm like not trying to get, I'm just like, it's just enough just to, okay, I'm here. So sometimes you want to just be really simple and you just, it's just like you just, your commitment is just to stay. But it's just to stay, just be as present as you can, just in a very simple way. So you can open your eyes, you can stand to bring more, you know, it's, there's a lot of things it could be to strengthen the energy a little bit. But you can go into nature, right? If you're really overwhelmed, you can get nourishment through moving through different forms to kind of break the cycle if you're really overwhelmed. And sometimes for short periods, you can be much more precise in your awareness. Say if you're watching the breath, pick an area and just for like a few breaths, really just be really precise and clear and then relax the effort a little bit. So there's different ways you can work with that energy. Okay. And it's a process we're all... We're giving you tools so you can learn to work with your own condition better. Like this is, all, this is all not about the technique. It's about us giving you ways to empower yourselves. And that's what we walk out of here with. So just knowing that if you learn little ways to deal with this, I bet all of us, like we all get overwhelmed in daily life too, don't we? But this is daily life now. So it's quite wonderful. What we learn now is what we take with us. But... Okay, so we're, we're getting close to the end. Well, maybe time for one more, and then I'll, I'll bring it back in with this. There's, is there any more? Okay, last one, please. When you're walking outside, a bug lands on your face, should it bite you? Or you if you're walking outside and a bug lands on your face, should you let it bite you? It depends what kind of bug it is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, now, generally, uh, there's a gray area with bugs. So, and it's, it's actually, a, it's a really good place to watch the mind. It is. Because often when we're watching the mind, we're just watching our reactions. We have an unpleasant experience. We watch our reactions and our mind wants to do something. That's like a really quick impulse. Okay? And it's actually, it's an intention. So you have the intention to get rid of that unpleasant experience, which is the bug. Right? So then from that place, if there's a little mindfulness in there, you might have a little choice. If there's no mindfulness and it's just unpleasant and we go into habit energy, what happens? 
right? We kill it. So if that happens, that happens. That's just an expression, of, that's the gray area. But if we see it, if we can actually see it, and we can be with that energy, then I wouldn't say just let it bite you, but you can bring your hand up and you can try to brush it off, for example. Or if you're walking around the loop, right, rather than trying to whack the bugs, you try to like brush them off. It's a little subtle difference, but you're, you're trying to respect non-harming, but you're also working with your own. But if you want to let them bite you, it, I don't think they're malaria mosquitoes. Go ahead, you'll learn something from that too. <laughs> It's up to you, but you don't have to. <laughs> it's actually a wonder, like I practiced in places where there were malaria mosquitoes as a monk, and you can't kill them as, you can't kill mosquitoes. Like as monks, you're not supposed to kill anything. And, um, and it's a real practice to sit there. And if, you keep, and, and if you keep doing this all the time, you don't get settled down. So at times you just would let them bite you. And it'll be an amazing, t and I never got malaria, okay? There weren't a lot of malaria. Some people got it, but not that many. And they had the, the medication. I was one of the lucky ones. And they had medications and such, so, okay. But watching, okay, this delusion here, okay. But watching the mind and its fear in relation to the expectation that something might happen was incredible. And that's how, that's how thought works. There's actual experience. There's a knowledge that there are mosquitoes here, then there's the feeling of it, and the mind just completely runs with it. So it's a very powerful practice for me to just to keep coming back. This is sensation. This is fear. This is future catastrophizing. And just keep seeing those energies and keep coming back to the actual immediacy of the experience. So it's like on an itch, and what we do, we can learn, a, we can become enlightened on an itch. If we don't itch an itch, because we know that's not a malaria mosquito, right? If we don't itch an itch and we watch all that the mind does with it, we can learn so much. I'm not saying every time you itch, you don't have to move. But so that's the simplicity. It's really, so it's very deep, actually. It's very deep and simple. Whatever's arising, that's what we work with. Okay? Okay, wonderful. So um, one way to keep strengthening the practice is, and I'll say something in Chaz will have something to say um, as we move into the day, is really to to like, we're here long enough now so that we've settled into the rhythms of our day, haven't we? We know where we sleep and we, you know, we know when our job is and we, we knew it before, but now our body is getting more habituated to the actual rhythms of the day. And that gives us a real opportunity. It's like we're in our home now in a way, right? Of course, we're probably thinking about being in a different home. But the more we relax back into this home, the rhythms of this day, the more the momentum builds, quite naturally. So see if you can just relax, like you re relax into the rhythm of a breath, in, out. See if you can just relax into the rhythms of each cycle, each activity. So like this sitting is over, right? We've inhaled, we've taken it in, and we exhale it. And then there's the next thing, and the next thing. And so if we can just settle back and just kind of relax into the rhythms of our life, then the momentum, the continuity of awareness naturally builds, just in a very ordinary way, okay? It's like the ordinariness of the daily life of the retreat here. So Chaz, do you want to add something? We wanted to uh, give you some actual forms to uh, help practice taking mindfulness into all the parts of your day. I want to preface that by saying that if you're feeling like 
wow, I'm, I can just about do what's happening now. I can't take any more you know, things to do. Then you just let this go and you don't need to pick this up. This is just offered to if you want to uh, take this on as a practice. And that is um, this idea of taking the level of um, attentiveness and and the the strength of intention to be present that we have in the hall and to bring that to uh, when we're not in the hall. And one way to do that is to pay attention as you leave the hall so you carry that with you. And one way to do that, a couple ways, is as you go through the door here, that, that, that door, you can notice, have the intention to notice what leg you go through with. Do you step through with your right leg or your left leg? And just notice that. That's a form that helps us bring attention to the present moment. And then when you go up those three steps from the walking room to the coat room, you're doing walking meditation for three steps. You're completely present as your foot lands and goes up to the walking room. And of course, you can do that coming into the hall too. Another one that's uh, helpful is um, when you're about to go into your room, because there can be <laughs> this like curtain, <laughs> this dividing line between mindful and not mindful. It's like you're walking to your room and you get in your room. It's like, <laughs> so to help maybe, uh, maybe just shrink that differential in mindfulness from one side of the door to the other, just very simple. When you're about to go into your room, you're there for that. You're there for the arm reaching and the, and the grasping of the handle. You can feel the handle's cool, if it's smooth, whatever. And then, so that just kind of like a little, oh, we're going to the, into the room, yes, but we're going to go into the room with a little momentum of mindfulness. Of course, you could do that coming out of your room too. So you reach for the handle. So just, just a couple forms, and maybe, you know, you come up with your own as far as how to pepper uh, these moments of mindfulness throughout the day. But really try uh, the entering and exiting the hall with the feet. That can be fun. And just lastly, again, if that all feels like too much, just let it go. Okay. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.